Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. So have you ever been in that place where it looked like you were surrounded? One of my favorite pieces of scripture is so vivid in my mind, Kathy, as, as a picture is in 2 Kings 6. Elisha is there and they're surrounded by the enemy. And his servant comes to him and says, hey, I'm paraphrasing. He says, hey. Can't you see? We are surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes, and all around the hills and the mountains, there was God's chariots and his angels. You see, I'm going to tell you this, that today you may feel like you're surrounded here. But what you're surrounded with here... There's another realm that God has encamped angels around that is fighting on your behalf and for your good. This is a fixed fight, Jack. We win. We win. So one more time, it may look like, it may look like you're surrounded. Hey, come on, let's give the Lord some praise in this house. Visitors, we're so glad that you're here with us today. And I mean that we are so thankful. Thankful that these folks back here, man, that boy, what a ministry and what an anointing they have. Can we thank God for these folks back here? Can we do that? So thankful for them. I am, and I mean that. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. We've been talking about how. And I know as I get started and as you're turning there, can a Christian be possessed? And y'all are thinking spinning heads and and levitation and all that crazy stuff. And uh, I can't tell you this, man. The enemy's real, but he's defeated. And uh, one of the things, even kind of launching from where we were last week, if, if you don't believe he's real, it's hard to believe in a God and not believe in the devil. It's hard to believe that everybody goes to heaven when God created a hell. And so when you think about that today, I want you to understand that as we go forth in this message, I want you and I to really survey our hearts and understand that we have a, we have a choice today in whom we're going to serve. And uh, as simple as that may sound, it's a resounding truth. So on that thought, can a Christian be possessed? I'll start with this, okay? I'll start with this thought. How many of you have ever believed a lie before? Would you raise your hand? Okay, where did that lie come from? If God is truth and he cannot lie, then it couldn't come from God, yes or no? So then when we've started last week, it said in order to be, when you're born again, you become one with the truth, okay? So when Jesus said in John chapter 8, he said, therefore you shall know the, and the truth shall make you free. So we begin to talk about that, and, and as Jesus is addressing, the Pharisees are addressing the religious and probably the Sadducees there too, the scribes, any of those people, as he's addressing them, he's basically saying this. He said, uh, you're lying, <laughs> and you're believing a lie. And he said, you 
of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. So today, I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to give me just, just really, just I want to bring clarity to you today. But I want each and every one of us to survey our hearts before we leave this place. Coming from the point of Scripture last week when Jesus said this, The prince of the world cometh, but he has no part in me. This is the way that Jesus wants us to live and the way we should live. So if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, would you stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word, if you're able. If you're able. I want to thank all those folks online with us, too, uh, for sure. So the Word of God says in Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall surely not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And look what those serpents said. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be, or you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Pray with me. Oh, Lord, I love you so much this morning. I love you so much. We come to you today in that precious and that the most beautiful name of Jesus. Today, knowing that through his blood, we have access today completely to you. I'm praying today, God, that you would open heaven. And, Father, that the Spirit, you, Holy Ghost, would be so strong in this place. That, God, all of us would be met with the decision. Are we going to choose you? Are we going to choose the devil in the world? And today, Lord, for the Christians that are in this place, that we all consider ourselves, maybe many that consider ourselves seasoned. God, today, let our hearts be open to you and say, have we been deceived? Today, Lord, I pray that your word, your truth be presented. (laughs) And God, that it would bring us to a reckoning with you. To know who we are, what we are when we leave this place. It's in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, hey, are you going to eat that? Could you pull that up, Eric? Now, hey, are you going to eat that? Have y'all ever seen something on somebody else's plate and you say, hey, you going to eat that? How many of y'all ever did that at Cracker Barrel and it was at another table? Don't do that. Don't do that. I know them biscuits and gravy, man, are tempted, but don't do that. Guys, today I'm going to tell you that, that I'm, I'm, I'm going into a deeper thought with this and because when we think, like I said, of Christians being possessed, We think of spinning heads, levitation, and different things. And the devil can manifest in many different ways. But I will tell you today that he chooses to operate in people. And he does that in principalities and powers. And many of the people that you hate, it's not the people you should hate, but the sin that is directing them and the power that Satan is placing in their life. And I'll tell you what, not only will it be great for them, but it'll be really good for you if you start seeing them as a soul and not as the sin. It'll really help you begin to transform your mind and to declare and to believe that, listen, just as God gave me an opportunity, he'll give them an opportunity. Today I'm going to present an outline that's this. It's a little bit more structured. I'm going to step through it methodically today with you. So write down Satan's past, Satan's present, and Satan in your future. Today, as as, as we go through this, I want you to really begin to look that, that... I can't tell you how many things that in the Bible I'm really figuring out and my eyes are being opened that for years I've been deceived. That I've been deceived. When you look at his roles in the present, let's talk about his past. Let's talk about who he was. Scripture would tell us this, that Satan was Lucifer and he was, before he was even the serpent, he was Satan, he was Lucifer, all these things. You've got to see that this very thing, that who he was in the past, was he was the anointed cherub, according to the Word of God in Ezekiel chapter 28. You'll see that he was anointed cherub, the one that covered even in the very presence of God. If I could do this just real quick, and I will, thank you. I'll do this. The anointed cherub, if you read Scripture, you'll find in Exodus that there was a mercy seat. And in that mercy seat, that mercy seat was considered to be where God's very presence was. As God had gave instruction to Moses there in the wilderness to do that. Stephen, you'll be great. You'll come. Come on, Luke, you can help me too. Jim, today, you get to be the star. 
Just want to remind you that Satan was called the same thing. No, I'm just kidding. Sit right here. Sit right here. So in the Old Testament, what you'll find is this, is God was giving instruction to Moses in the shadow of things to come. Hebrews would tell us that the things that God was showing him were a representation of heaven, of the very throne room of God. So the mercy seat, the mercy seat was this chest that said here. It was covered in gold. Y'all have heard me teach on that a lot. Inside of it were uh, Aaron's rod that budded. Inside of it were, uh, was a vase of manna. And then the tables, or if you will, the Ten Commandments, that type of thing. That was there. That's what there, and that's a whole other message. But when you look at this, this is a thing. Satan was the anointed cherub that was in the very presence of God. When you read Ezekiel 28, you'll see that when it talks about the prince of Tyrus, that it's his attributes that Satan is working through him. And he does this. He says that, that he was beautiful, that Satan was beautiful, that his, that his very vocal cords, that he was anointed, that he was the one that led worship in heaven. So if you all would do this. So what you have here is this would represent the Ark of the Covenant. Now, when you see that, this place right here where God sits would be called the mercy seat. God said, make them a place. In the book of Exodus, he said, make them a place that I may dwell there. Why? God in heaven now dwelling here. And as crazy as this sounds, we see this. But in heaven, before the garden, this was heaven. This is what it looked like. What happened? The word of God says in Isaiah chapter 14 that Satan began to say, I will ascend above God. I am more beautiful than God. I am greater than God. When you begin to couple those pieces of Scripture, so he was the anointed cherub that covers. Covers what? The very presence of God. Turn to somebody and say, God is jealous of his glory. You want to get out of touch with God real quick. You start glorying in yourself for the things that you think you've done and leave God out. So God, God being holy, God being full of his glory, what did he do to Satan? The word of God said that he cast him out. See you, buddy. Cast him out. Matter of fact, give all them guys a hand. Didn't they do great? Stay with me right here. So where did he cast him? Jim just wants to stay right there in the presence of God, didn't he? You see him? He just want to stay there. So when you look at that, he was the anointed cherub that covers. And now when we begin to ponder that, we can see then how he was cast down to the earth. In the past, this is where he was. He was sent to the Garden of Eden. And he's there. You can see that his very objective and his goal was to bring people to the very difference, to come into, into utter chaos and confusion with God. And the Word said here, that when he begins to tell him, and, and you can see how Satan begins to tempt Eve and say, you're not going to die. You will not die. And there it is. And the other part that I think really began to get into Eve's head and into her ear was this, is you shall be as God's. You are living in that time right now to where people and culture are thinking that they are God's and there is no one higher than they are. Can I tell you, higher than the seats of local government, higher than the seats of Kentucky's government, higher than the United States government, there is a throne that is higher than any throne that is here. Higher than any one of those is the throne of God Almighty and rest assured that all of us that are born again will come to the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. It will be a place where God will judge in that sense, but the blood will be the atonement and be the very thing that he sees. Can I stop right here and just thank God for a place called heaven where Jesus is? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful today. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful today that the world is not my home. But as God allows Satan to move in the lives of just ordinary individuals and puts them in a place and a hierarchy within their mind that if you don't bow to me, I'll cancel you. It's all around you. Can I tell you something? You can hate on me all you want to. Just because I don't agree with you does not mean that I don't love you. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This very thing, when we talk about his past, we can see who he was. He was a murderer. He was that very thing. So his role in the past was to tempt Eve. So watch. This is, this is so simple. And Bobby, I can't see how I missed it. Yeah, I can. So when you look, the Word of God says this. The Word of God said, Genesis 3, chapter 14. We know what happened. Eve ate the fruit. She gave it to Adam. They hide. God said, paraphrasing again, where you at, Adam? We've been hiding. 
Why are you hiding? We're naked. Who told you that? Huh? That's pretty simple math. What are you doing? Remember we was talking about the strong man? How the strong man, when you go looking for him, what happens? He's a coward. Why is it that in your life and in my life, how many of you want to tell everybody every dirty, rotten sin you've ever done? No. You don't want to do that. And aren't you thankful today that I don't have to tell you all that, you don't have to tell me all that, but we can tell God every bit of it because He already knows it and He still loves us and forgives us. I'm so thankful y'all don't have to wait on me and I got a little light up here and says, come on in and tell me all your sin. I'm so thankful. Oh, I am so thankful. Because can I tell you what? If I know Scripture here about blame, you won't be coming talking about you anyway. You'll be blaming it. Oh, Brother Wayne, I'll tell you, I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't done this. But, bro, can I tell you, if and but is the biggest two words that Satan uses in your head. So we're talking about the great deception. This is the great deception, man, right here. You're saying, I don't understand it. You're going to, I think. If I can get it, you shouldn't have any problem. You shouldn't have any problem. So then the Lord God said unto the serpent, verse 14, because thou hast done this, thou art what? Okay. Now look here. So. God cursed Adam and Eve, right? Right? Yeah, see? See, the thing is, I got some of you, oh, yeah. How many of you have believed until today that God cursed Adam and Eve? Oh, now, y'all playing cool now. I'll see how y'all playing because y'all know I'm going somewhere. Let me tell you this. I believed it. Whether you want to believe it or not, I believed it. And up to two weeks ago, I believed it. You say, Pastor, I, you believe the Yes, I did. Jenna, the word said that God cursed the serpent, correct? Does it say that he cursed Adam? Does it say that he cursed Eve? It does not say that. Now I'm going to ask you again. In truth, how many of you believe that God cursed Adam and Eve before? I got a few more takers. Come back, praise team. We're going to do an altar call right now. Let me show you what I believed. I believe that God cursed Adam and Eve, that he kicked them out. And the difference is this. What I call a curse, God calls a consequence. There are consequences to your sin. Now listen, I'm not, boys, y'all know, I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, Bruce, I'm not so theologically deep, but I'm going to tell you, this was hidden to me. And I don't know how many times that I, please forgive me, and I have to repent before God, that I thought God cursed Adam and he cursed Eve. Listen, it never says that. It said that it cursed, he cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent. Amen? So Amy and I were talking about this. I said, so Amy, I said, she said, this is just part of Eve's curse, talking about this, talking about that. And I said, really? I said, did God curse Eve? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, Amy? See, she know. She, she. She's bold enough to say amen. I believe the same thing. And what happens is this. This is the great deception. And the way that you've got to confront, Wayne, the way we've got to confront this deception is get to the truth. God never cursed Eve. Let me tell you what he did say. The word of God says this, and God said this. In verse 15, and I will put enmity, he's speaking to Eve, I'm going to put enmity, hatred between thee and the woman. And thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Let me tell you something, ladies. Satan hates you. Matter of fact, if his hate could be at a higher level, he hates you worse than he does men. Say, why is that? Because you're the mother of all living. You need to see something here. That what we say, Satan, this is, God pronounced this. God said it. He said, there's going to be enmity between the woman and between Satan or the serpent. When you begin to look at that, you can see this. And as elementary as this is, ladies, I've got to tell you, I want you to look at your own life for just a moment. You know where he attacks. You know how he does it. It's shame. It's guilt. The truth of the matter, Eve was deceived. Say deceived. Adam willfully disobeyed, yes or no. He knew not to do it. You girls are like, that's right, get on to them a while. That's right. Preach that out right now. You better listen. You better, better be listening. He's talking to you right now. Talking to all of us. What happened is he put enmity between that. Let me show you what he's done to oppress. You look at other cultures. You look at throughout history. You look at throughout that how women, even in other cultures, you guess what you are? Property. 
You're property. God never intended for you to be property. When you're not a property for your flesh, you know what? You'll be a prostitute. He'll allow that. Can I tell you, another culture such as Islam, and Alvin, you know this. You brought out this point before. We've talked about it in the past. Within, within the Islamic realm or within the Muslim world, you're not just property. <laughs> they want you to cover all these things. Can I tell you, you're not just that. But you're so, so down there. God never intended for you to be down there. Why? Because you come out up here. We were made from the dirt. You were made higher up than that. And what the world wants to tell you that Satan's behind, that he's fully behind, is that, listen, you need to take your place. Your place is behind. Mm, your place is beside your man. I got one, yep. Why? Because you were created to be a helpmate. Some of y'all are like, I'm ditching him right now. I hope I'm ditching him. Over, done, finished, done. No, because God's Word said it. Don't believe me. Believe God's Word. You and Eve are one. Some of you men right now need to be as still as you can be and just let Holy Ghost talk, okay? So when you look at that, you can see that very thing. But now I do believe, I'm much like, and some of you are studying this out, I do believe that the Antichrist will come through the Islamic religion. Why? Because it's the most likely source. Alvin, I know you're teaching that out and preaching that. I'm going to get you to do that soon here on a Wednesday. That very thing, and you can see that because it lines up. But look at the way they oppress their women. Alvin, we talked about this here a while back. When it talks about the Antichrist, which is part of the unholy trinity, when it talks about him, it said he'll have no regard to women meaning that he won't place any favor on. People used to think that that was a homosexual mindset. But no, no regard to women saying it don't matter what they think. It don't matter. That's the spirit today. Now what happens is this. As Satan comes behind it, we got women's rights and everything else. Can I tell you, ladies, I need to tell you something. You're weaker than men. But you're not lesser than men. People online just click me off to that jerk. I know that. Come back, come back, come back. The Word of God says what? You are the weaker vessel, but not the lesser vessel. Equality. Okay? Now, your place is not to usurp authority over man. The Word of God tells us that. Now, in saying that, men, some of you men are like, uh-oh, starting out. Yeah. And what happened? No. Here's the thing. You and your precious bride are not two, but are one. You are one. Amy's got such a voice of reason. Man, if a rabbit jumps, I'll shoot it, you know? She's kind of like, I don't know. Wait a minute. Talking about in the, you know, in the natural, in the spiritual. Amy makes me think. She helps me. We're one together in doing that. But the enemy wants to suppress. He wants to do that. And so this great lie that starts here, this deception, is this. is for you ladies to believe that you are cursed. In the name of Jesus, you are not cursed. You are blessed by God Almighty to do great and mighty things. You are carrying the very presence of God with you. Don't let hell tell you any different. And this is a great deception today when he attacks your worth, when he attacks who you are. This is how he works in your past. And this is the avenue today that you have got to stop in Jesus' name and say, Satan, no more. And say, my past is forgiven. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you come to the place, and we're saying give no place to the devil, if you believe a lie, then if you believe that, we know through Scripture that God is not the author of that lie. I've already said it. God cannot lie. So that lie now, if we're coming to that place, if you are believing that lie about your worth and about how God, who or how He created you and what He created you to be, if you're believing anything else, you are believing a lie. Why do I feel so defeated? Thank you for asking. Because you're allowing the enemy to infiltrate your mind and you're believing a lie instead of the truth. If you and I can get to the place to where we expose Satan, allow the light of God to expose that, can I tell you, you'll be freer than you've ever been before. You can be so free, man. You can be so free under that. The curse was not upon Adam either. He cursed the ground and said, by the sweat of your brow, we know all of that. He tells all of that. But we can see, guys, this. 
Sin being consequence, not so much the curse. Stay with me. I'm going to show you more scripture. How many of y'all ever sinned and there were consequences to it? Sure. It's the same way in the garden. It's the same way in the garden. So when did things turn around? The Word of God says in Genesis 3 that God made coats of skin and put on to them. Can I tell you something? Somewhere blood had to be shed. I don't know if he killed a lamb. I don't know if he killed a deer. If he did, he's a better deer hunter than me. I don't know what, but can I tell you, there had to be sacrifice. Stay with me. When we begin to look at that, we can see that sin's choice brought death. Sin brought death. As simple as that is. Write this down. I'm going to give you some truth. Write this down. Turn to somebody and say, when good isn't good enough. Let me show you what. The Word of God says in Genesis chapter 1 that on the sixth day that there was God. He'd seen all this stuff, and the Word said that it was very good. It was very good. I want to tell you that you can live in the greatest environment, the greatest environment, and still sin. Parents, I want to encourage you. Some of you that have brought your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and they live in like, that ain't on you. What is on you is to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But what I've got to tell you, I'm not letting you really off the hook. And listen to me, kids. This is the thing. The Word of God said, <laughs> it's pretty good. The Word of God says, real good. Honor your father and mother, and it'll give you a long life. I always wonder about, you don't do what I'm saying, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, where are you at? Well, where are you at? So in this, when we can see, guys, that this, I'm going to tell you, the environment of Eden wasn't good enough. So this is the willful choice. Are you going to obey God or are you going to obey Satan? Is it going to be that simple? The answer is yes. And until you know the truth, you can't be set free. And just having the knowledge of the truth is not enough. But once you have the knowledge of the truth, ignorance will no longer be the very thing that you can, that you can have. Once you become aware of the truth, you are then responsible for the truth. The Word said we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. And as teaches as this is today, as teaches as this is, I want to get this in you. I want to get this in you. Point I want to make, next point I want to make is this. Turn to somebody and say, God did not curse me. How many of you believe that? I want to show you in Scripture, you already know it, but Many of you already know it, but the thing is, is that God will allow things. But I'm going to tell you, this is big right here. Because I can't tell you how many Christians are crippled right here. God must hate me. God has cursed me. God has taken this from me. God has taken that from me. Can I tell you something? Please don't blame that on God. Here's why. What was it that... Adam said, Adam, where art thou? Well, Lord, let me just tell you. Let me tell you. Didn't ask you. Where are you? Lord, you know that woman you gave me? <laughs> remember the Lord? You told me she's going to be a help me. Well, look what she did now. <laughs> you know, remember her? And what she do? He blames Eve. God, the Father, says, Eve. Paraphrasing again, what's going on? Well, is that old serpent? That serpent. You see, this is the point. You will not get free as long as you keep blaming somebody else. You will not be free. You can't do it. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that so many people in this room, I know, and, and this is the part of getting to where you trust God and you know that the enemy is trying to work. For those of you today, and you're carrying something really heavy, and you're saying, how could God allow that? How could God do that? How could this happen? I'll tell you how it can happen. Satan is roaring. He is going about seeking whom he may devour. And he is working under the guise of the lie in your mind that God hates you, and that God doesn't love you, and that God put all of this on you, and he wants to kill you. It's a lie. Why would God create you? God didn't create you to kill you, but he created you with choice. Stay with me here a minute. This is the part, Christians, that we have to reckon with. So when I showed you before the anointed cherub, he was that close to God. There's people that are that close to God. Let me 
And where are they now? Where are they at now? Well, I never do that. Can I tell you something? I used the word never one time, and I tell you what, if there's any one word that Satan and hell hears, it's never. Only to find out, man, that I think God just said, okay. And he allowed. But the thing that I want you to be reassured of today is that Satan is a liar, but God is truth. And today you have to recognize, and so all this hate and all this blame that people put on God, stop. Stop. It's not in there. Well, Brother Wayne, what did he do? The Word said he'd stir up a nation that he'd do that. He allows it. He does everything like that. He allows for the enemy to do that in other nations and in people and other things. Why? To take you to hell? No. To bring you closer to him. How many of you are thankful that you're living for the king today? Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I'm thankful for that. But you can see, man, the way that the enemy works. So I've got to ask you a question. Have you been lying to yourself? Every time that you question your worth, every time that you blame God, that's Satan getting a chunk out of you. It's got to stop. You want to be victorious. You want to live a powerful life in Christ. You want to live, man, close to Him. If God cast Satan out and He was that close, it ought to show us something. Wow. Wow. Concerns me. Concerns me. Truth number one, God didn't curse me, just like I said. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Word of God says, and we sing it, For He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's Scripture. He made Jesus to be the sin. What am I talking about? My lying, my cheating, my taking, my envy, my jealousy, any adultery, any of those things. He placed every bit of that sin upon Jesus at the cross of Calvary. So you're just saying we wouldn't curse, Brother Wayne. It is the sin that is the curse. God did not curse His creation. He cursed the sin. And we should too. Galatians 3.13 So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. To further my thought is this. The Jews knew that anybody that hung on the tree, that they were cursed. That became a real stumbling block to the Jews, it says in Scripture. It really became, that can't happen. God can't use that. Jesus became the curse for your sin. Now here's the point you've got to get to, and I've got to get to. And I say this a lot. But if you are here in this, in this building today and you are saying, I still got some stuff that I haven't been forgiven of that I can't forgive myself, you got to get this. That's a lie. And that is one of the biggest areas that he gets in a Christian's mind, Larry, and in their life. That's one of the biggest areas that he operates in is that my sin was too great for Jesus to atone for on the cross. How many of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that every sin in your life has been paid for in full? If it is, give Him a shout of glory. Can I tell you something? Keep your mind right there. So what happens to me tomorrow morning? The enemy comes in. I allow. I'm living a passive life. Amy, I'm not being intentional. I'm not being delivered. He comes in and he starts saying this. He starts saying that. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to. And then what happens? Immediately, I'm giving him place again, Jake, in my life. The word declares give no place. Somebody shout no place. place. Don't give no place to the devil. Period. Every bit of what we're looking at, listen, Satan was cursed back to the ground. Here's what he wants in your life, the ground. And he will lie by the grounds of a lie to take and do its best to get its truth out of you. What is he after? He's got your flesh. He's got your feel. He operates there. The third thing he wants is your faith. He is out ultimately to your faith. So what happens? We can see in the life of Job how that Satan himself, Rick, come into the very presence of God. And the angels that were with him come in. And he says this. This he has access. He has access not in just the first two levels. I don't want to get into that today. We can talk about about atmospheric. We can talk about the stellar heavens. We can talk about where God lives. We can do all that. But here's the thing. He comes in and God grants him access. Have you considered my servant Job? You know the rest of the story, don't you? There's Job. 
everything, tornado hits, something like a tornado hits, this happens, family taking everything else. Comes back. Say, come back. He said, we do more. Do everything but don't take his life. I'm going to show you, Lord, this is how the enemy works. How many of y'all know Job's wife? Some of you probably know her. Let me reveal her to you. Job's there, man. The enemy's attacked his body. I said the enemy has attacked his body. Did God do it, yes or no? Did the enemy do it, yes or no? The enemy did it. God allowed it. Job's there. Chapter 2, and this sounds real nasty. He's scraping the balls and stuff off. He's doing He's doing that. Job's wife. Can't you just see her? Job! Why don't you just curse God and die? Do you see where the enemy is revealing itself? Working in Job's wife. Instead of saying, Job, you're going to make it. I'm going to tell you, some of you know Job's wife. Won't you just quit, Job? It ain't worth it. Remember, you were doing sacrifices and offering. He still did this. He still did that. This is where a lot of people jump ship in, on the Christian realm. Can I tell you something? Our prize is not here. Our prize is in here, and our prize is in heaven to be with the Lord. I've got to tell you right now, you need to grasp this. Because a lot of people right now are, listen, you get to the point. Listen, you'll get to the point, and this is where Satan wants you to get. It's the same way he did in the garden. He wants you to get to the place where you'll start questioning God and questioning your faith. This is running rampant today in the deconstruction of people's faith. Well, I've just got to question God. Why are you questioning him? Well, he took this from me. He took that from me. He did this and he did that. Can I tell you, quit blaming God for what goes on in this world. And your mind will be free. What are you saying? Can I tell you? You can live in a place, God, I trust you. Whatever comes, whatever goes. I know that you're with me. I know you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. I know this. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Praise be to God. I may weep through the night, but my joy. You better come on up here. huh? But my joy comes in the morning. Somebody shout. Mm. Not by might, somebody. Not by power. But by my, saith the Lord. Do you understand? It's this. Things may come in the natural. Did Job sin? Watch me, I'm a trickster. Job trusted God. But I'll tell you this, he was still deceived by the enemy. You say, how did that happen? He believed God did it. This is so big for us today as Christians. I won't be much longer. But I've got to tell you, one of the biggest, this is something in my mind. This is great deception. It's a great deception. And I watch, and listen, Satan wants to get you to the place where you question God. And what we base it on is our flesh and our feel instead of the spirit. The spirit is the part that the enemy cannot have and let As simple as this revelation is, this is the third level. Did you see how God is a spirit, correct? We established that in John chapter 4. The heavens, the place where God is, Satan, listen, was not granted access unless God gave him that access. How many of you believe that you've got Jesus living on the inside of you? Huh? How many of you believe that he sent you a comforter called the Holy Ghost and you have that? So then when we have that, this is powerful. So when we have that, can I tell you, that's what Satan wants. But it's the spirit that says, my flesh may be weak. But in the name of Jesus, you've got to go. You've got to go. And it's gaining that authority in the spirit of God. And as simple as this sounds, guys, I've got to tell you that how many of us are believing a lie. And we do it actively. We do it actively. The Word. Saying that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Listen, the law said this. The law said if you, if you sin, man, you got to die. Something got to die. 
Jesus became the atonement. He became my sin, if you will. How does Satan operate? And you're going to find him. I find him two times in the natural. I may have alluded to this last week. I didn't go into any depth. I find him two times in the, in the natural. He's the serpent in the garden. He's real. In Matthew chapter 4, in Luke chapter 4, when he tempts Jesus in the wilderness, correct? He's real. He's the serpent in the Old Testament. New Testament, there he is. How can he have that authority? Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has no part in me. We can see in the garden that even though he was cursed, this world is his realm. He operates where he got cursed back to the ground. The lowest form of you is your flesh. It's the ground. And that's where he likes to slither in. It's through your hunger and through your flesh, through your appetites for whatever. So as we begin to see this, you can see that Satan rises up as you see him there and you see him in the New Testament. And for those of you that think, man, I'm going through the wilderness. I don't know if I'm ever going to come out of this. Can I tell you, God's aligned every bit of that up for you. He's done every, can I tell you, your victory is not on the mountaintop. Your victory is in the wilderness. It's the place where you think, I can't go on, but God says, I am, I will, I can. That's where Jesus got his strength. That's where he overcame that first sin of the first Adam. That's where he overcame. Isn't it amazing how the first thing that he asked him is about his appetite? In Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, hey, if thou be the Son of God, identity, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone to be made bread. He'd been fasting. And the first thing that he deals with is appetite. And you can see that. You can see the very same way that he deals with us. Tell you what else he'll cause you to do. And you think about these great, I think about these great people of God, man, that are in the Bible. When I move to the New Testament, and if I'm one that says, boy, Satan ain't got no part of me, here's what I got to tell you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine walking? Bruce, I can't imagine this. Walking with Jesus for three to three and a half years, whatever that span may be. I don't know exactly, but somewhere within that realm. Three, three and a half years. Think about walking with him. Thinking he's doing all the miracles. You've watched him feed 5,000. You've watched him heal blinded eyes. You've watched lame people get up and walk. You've watched all of this stuff and you've seen every bit of that. And guess what? It still wasn't enough. Why? And I'm going to show you what I believe in Scripture. I don't think that Judas Iscariot, the Word of God said that Judas Iscariot, that Satan entered into the very heart of Judas Iscariot. True. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And we look at Peter's life and we think, man, was he a believer? He wasn't until after the resurrection. Until after, I can can prove it. Until after the resurrection, until the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Scripture would tell us this. Well, Brother Wayne, hold on a minute. He knew. Mm -mm. Matthew 16. He had that revelation. He had that revelation. Who do men say that I am? You know, thou art the Son of God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Simon Bar-Jonah, but my Father which is in heaven. Then, just a few verses down, there he is rebuking Satan. The issue that I think that I can see all the way up to the end, even until, or, or heading toward the end, as Peter is there when Jesus has been taken off, in just a few hours, minutes, I don't know how long earlier, there he is, and he said, Jesus, we're going with you. To the, we're going with you. If you go to jail, we're going to jail with you. Peter, real enough, he pulls a sword out and cuts off Malchus' ear. Jesus healed it back. That's love. And there he is, Amy. And you know, is he afraid? Maybe he is. Maybe he's afraid. Well, here they come and say, Are you were you with him? I wasn't with him. Were you one of them? You sound like him. Dialect again. You say, Nope. Then the third time, he curses God. And you think about the people, you think about this today. That there he was. What was he afraid of? What was it that did it? It's the enemy. It was the enemy. It was the enemy. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Why? Because even up till the end, they thought that Jesus, I believe this, and I believe Scripture proves it, that even up to the very end, up till the very moment on the cross, they thought that Jesus was going to rule the earth and that he was going to defeat the Roman Empire at the time. So when you begin to say that, there's plenty of people that believe in his miracles. I believe that. But today, this is where people jump off. 
is when God is not who you think that he should be. And he doesn't act the way you thought he should act. The word of God says this, and Jesus made it clear. He said, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, meaning that I do not and did not come to have a home here. My home is there with the Father, and I'm leaving who I am in you. There's power. As I get ready to wrap this up today, you've got to look at this very question, and you've got to think, does Satan have any part of me? And he'll do that in your past. What about the present? Real quick, what about the present? What is he presently? The Word of God says this, that he's the prince, the power of the air. Ephesians chapter 2 would tell us that very thing. But these things that go on, and I believe, and I've got to tell you that all so much of this stuff, point number two, if you could, back there in the back. The Satan in the present time, there's never been a time that I've known in my lifetime to where he has caused so much division and so much schism, even between brothers and sisters. His role in the present is to divide and conquer. It's one thing for this to happen in the world. It's another thing when it happens within the body of Christ. The blood of Jesus cannot be divided, should not be divided. And his role in the present is to absolutely destroy a nation if he can destroy it and the people within that nation. Scripture would show this over and over again. What's he against? He's against the seed of Eve. Why am I going through this? You're carrying Jesus. You're carrying life on the inside of you, and hell hates it. Absolutely hates it. I want to come to the place. This is where I really want to be, man, and I I think I'm getting to that place. I'm getting to that place. The Holy Spirit's showing me some stuff. How many of you have dealt with issues of pride before? How many of you have ever been jealous before? And I'm not talking about for God. Envious? All right, I won't make you raise your hands no more. Hatred? The enemy's alive and he's well. What's happening is this, guys. You're allowing him. We allow him if we're not careful to control our past. He does that by saying God's not enough. How does he control today? How does he do this today, Luke? He does this today by controlling us, by making us anxious, by giving us worry, by giving us all of those things and piling on to our mind. <laughs> the enemy yesterday morning, I, when I say this, I, I was sick, boy, yesterday morning. And uh, I don't care. I'm not super holy to tell you that I get sick. I get sick a lot, praise be to God, but I was so dizzy. And I mean, sick. And... uh Enemy just pummeled me, started pummeling. Oh, you sick. You're going to be down 10 weeks. You're going to be down. You're going to be down. You better get on the phone, start calling Stephen, tell him he's going to have to do this, he's going to have to do that. You better do all this and do all that. And all them people you're supposed to baptize, it's over. Was that a lie? Let me go a little further. Wednesday night, I start preaching, and at the end, I start talking about, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was talking about somebody that had vertigo. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we cast out vertigo, only to find yesterday morning about 1.30, I was casting out vertigo. About 8.30 or 9 yesterday morning, I put my hands on my head. Amy, you seen me? I said, in the name of Jesus, you got to go. In the name of Jesus, you got to go. Physician, heal thyself. A couple hours later, I praise be to God. I'm so thankful today. Boy, that old nauseous, I'm so thankful today that I'm alive, I'm well. Hallelujah, and I'm in God's house. Amen. I'm going to tell you, they can be the simplest of things. Here's what I do. I got a sniffle. Oh, my goodness. I got stage 12 something. Now, have any of y'all ever done that? Where'd that come from? Oh, Satan ain't got no part of me. Look at me, I'm all up in here in church. Ain't got no part of me. Did you hear what they did? <laughs> no part? Uh-uh. uh-uh. I'm telling you right now, until you get to the truth, you're going to keep living a lie. 
until you start believing the truth. And the simpleness of this is, guys, that I'm telling you, the enemy is lurking behind so many different things. I thought pride, pride, pride. And I'm like, God, I pride. Holy Ghost, mm, you got some control issues. I said, hush up. <laughs> I preached on that Wednesday night. I talked about some of y'all I think it's Wednesday night. I was talking about you and your driving. How many of y'all get mad at people when you're driving? And you want to go, oh, I want to shake them. Say, what's got a hold of you? Jim said, move on. I'm going to stay right here, Jim. You got to be God a minute ago. You're going to be the devil now. So yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That when you say this part, see, this is what he does. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. This is not living life. Listen, it's, it's really not, Brian. It's not living life in such a way that we feel like we're walking on eggshells around God. That's not grace. That's not peace. That's not any of that. Can I tell you, that is living. You can't do that. But what I am telling you is this, is give honor to the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost says, mm-hmm. And when God's doing that, he's showing you, praise team, will you come? God, just a little bit more. I know it's just teach you today, and i got a lot more notes. I'm not going to get to it. I just want you to survey today and find out. How many of you figured out you had a test last week? How many of you are figuring out who your strong man is? How many of you didn't care a bit about even finding out? Thank you. Can I tell you, until you identify that strong man, he will continue to lead you around and make you, mm -mm, encourage you to do, and I'm telling you, until you figure it out, he will have authority over your life. Number three. My past, my present, his role in your future. You need to listen. This is, all three of these areas are, are areas that we give Satan if we're not careful. And these are the ones that I'm telling you, you've got to guard the gates of your mind, your eyes, your ears, all of these things. If I were to ask you today, how many of you are afraid of death? I'm talking about seasoned Christians. If, if you were very honest, and by the way, we are preaching truth today, aren't we? And so the thing is, if I were to ask you that how many of you are worried or concerned about death, most every hand in here would go up. And how many of you are afraid of death? I said most every. Let's just say several. Why is that? That's not from God. That's not from God. Jesus said, I come to give you death. Did he? I've come to give you what? And life how? When you see this right here, I've done a lot of funerals. I've been to a lot of uh, gravesides. I've done a lot of services like that. Jenny, would you pedal softly, please? And on so many tombstones, and by the way, if this is on your mamas, your papas, your whoever's, or if you're thinking about getting it put on yours, uh, I see on this, I'm, I'm on advising his final resting place. How many of you know that's not your final resting place? I figured about five people just shout for the Lord right there. How many of you know that's not your final resting place? How many of you are thankful <laughs> that you're not worried about the undertaker? You've got a caretaker and his... Satan, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Jesus said, you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to live. So Satan begins to control your future. Satan says, I ain't just going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. Satan, I'm going to tell you this. You may have, listen, you may be able to do this and make you think you may be able to do that, but I'm telling you, I'm not living under the curse of sin anymore. I'm not giving you access, authority, or any right anymore to any part of me. Can somebody shout hallelujah? This is the part you've got to get to. When you get to this place, how do I know that, Asher? The Word of God tells me this, that the last enemy to be destroyed is what? Death. Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave. Can I tell you, your future... Hey, I ain't getting no Joel Osteen. Stay with me a minute. But Joel be saying, your future is brighter right now than it's ever been. What I'm trying to tell you right now, listen, this world one day will stop. Your breathing here will stop. But because of the blood of Jesus, you're going to live on. Man, I'm telling you, this is how Satan, he wants to control your future. And the thing is, is that people... 
You're giving him the right to your past, the right to your present, and you're giving him the right to your future. Turn to somebody and say, you are bought and paid for. Man. I tell people all the time, Jesus bought me by the pound. I know I'm worth something. Man. Please get this today. Satan says, ah, go to church. Go to church. It'll be enough. Go to church. You're such a good person. You went to church. You're so good. You went to church. Married a preacher. You're a good person. Oh, you come to Monday. You're so good coming to Monday morning. Oh, Tuesday night. Oh, you're in church all the time. Pet, pet, pet. None of that guarantees you heaven. But the blood of Jesus does, our leader. The blood of Jesus does. Sure, you need to be in the house of God with God and with like-minded, like-hearted people. I can't go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. I'd rather go to church with them than to hell with them. And you all have heard that before. It's real. It's real. In closing, I've been bold enough. I've been, bold. I've been bold enough through the Holy Spirit to say, show me. And he's showing me. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. Why do I say that? Holy Ghost says, no. Why do you think that? Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't think for a minute that I'm preaching it so straight that nobody can get it. I'm just telling you, Christians... I'm telling the lost today is that you don't have to live under the bondage of hell anymore. You can live free. I'll show y'all something. I'm going to be really transparent, okay? So, 1 Chronicles 21. Satan stands up before David, and the word says that he causes him to number the people. David asked the ones close to him, say, hey, go number the people. Service says, why are you doing that? Why are you numbering the people? He said, you know, the power is not in the people. I'm paraphrasing again. You can look at it. I think it's verses 1 through 3. And it'll read on like that's where God gives uh, David the option of what would come. And that's where David said, I'd rather fall into your hands, God, than fall into the hands of the enemy. But he gets this place, and you see that he's there to number the people. I'll tell you what I figured out. And this is real transparent. So many times I leave church, and I think throughout the week, and I tell you what, man, I, this, is, this is something I'm really giving to God. I think too much of you all. And when I say that, I want to put this the right way. Man, I love you all dearly. I do. I love my church family. Visitors, I love you too. You just don't know it yet, but I do. Asher, when I read this piece of scripture, the Holy Spirit said, you're numbering the people. What do you mean, Lord? I love people. I care who's here and who's not. Mm -hmm. You're numbering the people. Can I tell you, if I'm not real careful, I'll allow the enemy to focus more on who's not here than who is here. And a real balance in that is this, is to say, God, more important than who is here and who's not here is the fact that you're here. Now, yeah, amen. I mean, that's some truth, man. But in my own life, you think, well, I don't number the people. I, yes, you do. You number the people. This one likes you. That don't like. Can I tell you, God loves you. Get to this place, and as simple as this sounds, I'm finding out the way that the enemy, under such great disguise, Steve, has hid behind certain things. And I'm like, oh, I'm rotten. I'm rotten. I do care that you're here. You know that. Understand the balance. As I close today for the third time, <laughs> I'm going to invite you to the altar here in just a moment. And the thing I know that many of you have been surveying your hearts, 
And today just become real to come real before God. And I know, man, I didn't jump. I didn't shout. I didn't do a whole lot of anything today. And that's, that's just sometimes God works this way or that way. I just let him do what he wants to do in me. But today I want to be as real with you as I've ever been before. If you've believed the lie, you need to stop today. Because as long as you keep believing that lie, Satan is going to have authority over you. And the thing is, he's not a thief if you allow him access. You give him rightful entrance. Pray with me. Lord, we love you so much. We're so thankful today. We're so thankful today. I'm going to go ahead and ask as people are praying. I'm going to go ahead and ask my intercessors to come on up and start praying around the altar if you do that. Would you do that, please? Would you do that? So, God, today as we come before you, we ask God, you begin to survey our hearts and this would be a place God where we can just simply come and say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to obey you instead of the enemy it's the devil's lies that I believe for way too long I'm not enough I'm not this I'm not that all of those things and friends family the Holy Spirit is pointing some out to you right now I know what it feels like to sit right there in that seat and not come. What good is it going to do if I come? Can I tell you, you're moving out of the place where you're at. And you're saying, Lord, I want to change. I want to change. I see this as, as, as this very sin in my life. He controls my past. He's controlling my, my present. He, and he wants to control my future. So, God, today let us come and confess it as sin. If you're here today and you're lost and you're away from the Lord, I come to him. I give my life to him today. I'd give my life to Jesus. I wouldn't wait on anything or anybody else. I'd give my life to him. And Christians, maybe God's asking you to do that very thing today. Do what you do, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.